Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Mr. Money TV live on Thursday night. This is Peter. Yo, what's up, everyone? It's Frankie here. Nice to see you guys again. <clears throat> All right. Tonight, we're going to be talking about budget. You see, this time round budget, huh? Mm. Wow, it's quite a interesting one uh, as usual, huh? Mm, as yeah. usual. As, as usual, it's always uh, interesting because we don't know what to expect, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this time round, yet again, we hit another record, uh, right? Record in Malaysia history whereby we're going to spend the most amount of money again. <laughs> but having said that, right, I realized that every year when budget is announced, it, it is actually the same record. Uh. Every year also, they are going to say the mm. same thing, which is the highest expenses ever yeah correct yeah. uh we actually have a chart right here showing the the malaysian budget from year 2000 all the way to 2023 and we can see that in fact every year the news headline will be the same one every year it's a record highest budget, budget yeah, ever. highest budget ever <laughs> so just to give you uh some um perspective right so in year 2000 our malaysian budget was roughly around 70 over to 80 million uh, billion. 57 sorry. billion. Uh, 57 billion, correct. Mm. Um, but no, but total expenditure oh, total, oh, was okay, 84.5 okay. yeah, billion. Yeah, total. So 23 years later today, our expected expenditure this year would be 388 billion ringgit. Mm -hmm. yeah, yep, correct. that's right. What about in terms of revenue? Is our government revenue increasing year by year? Uh, of course, have to increase like If not, we would we we won't be able to uh, sustain that but, kind of spending. But one thing right? for sure, it, <coughs> it looks like the revenue is not catching up with the expenses. Correct, like. correct. Yeah. So therefore, in fact, since nineteen ninety eight, right, Malaysia never experienced a surplus anymore. Every year we are running on deficit, meaning to say that every year we owe people money more and more and more. And this year in 2023, if I'm not mistaken, we are going to go into deficit of five point two percent. If yes, I'm not five point two percent. Uh, and over the long run, they want to bring this down to a 3.2% deficit. Yep. What does it mean is that, um, let's say for example, I make one ringgit. This year, we are expected to spend one ringgit and five cent. Mm. Uh, they, they try to bring it down to, for every one ringgit that we earn, we only spend one ringgit and three cent in a couple of years time. Yep. Yep. So, but uh, this is something that's very common in most of the country. La. Most of the country also actually will have deficit. Mm. Uh, it's just how big your deficit is. That's Correct. actually the question. Uh, nonetheless, having deficit uh, at, a, at a personal level, you will get into a lot of trouble. Uh, mm. But at a country level, doesn't really seem to get you into trouble if you know how to manage it well. Lah. Yeah, you yeah. have more tools for you to manual in a country's perspective. Yes, but nonetheless, what is important is still this one thing. Mm. How will this budget <coughs> affect us? Mm. That's the right. Yeah, that is actually the most important concern, right? Yeah. yeah for those correct. of you who are watching this, if for you the same concern is just like us here, which is how it's going to affect you in this budget, type one for us in the comment. Mm. Now, first, let's begin by talking <coughs> about budget itself, right? Yeah. Uh, when you first heard the budget announcement, mm. yeah, after reading through all the lists and listening to, to his uh, speech and everything all, uh, what are some of the thoughts that comes to your mind? Uh, okay, so... Um First of all, I already don't expect the, the, the government to come up with mega projects. So that part I gave up. Gave up already, no need to look at that. So I wanted to see when they say that it is going to be another record expenditure year. So where would they spend the money into? Mm -hmm. and, um, and also, this is also within expectation because since they won the election until today, they have been saying that they want to help the people increase our standard of living, create more opportunity for work, employment, that kind of things. And that's why it is not surprising to see that this budget is actually catered to the yet. Mm -hmm. I think it's to put the money back to the people's pocket instead of spending it on all the leakages and stuff like that. So I, so if I were to put a title on this budget, it would be a, a tightening the tap budget. Mm. And it's a budget for the people. Right, right. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. For me, at the moment, I look at this budget this year, right? Uh, firstly, immediately, the first word that came to my mind was Robin Hood. Oh, Robin yeah. Hood. <laughs> Rob from the rich and then give it to yes, the poor. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, in a Just way like la. Robin Hood, right? It mm. starts to uh it starts to hint to us uh in actual uh practical steps in a very mild manner to tell you that we are gonna start taxing the rich more. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're also very smart. They only 
tax the people who are earning until 1 million ringgit. Yes. And they have a justification of why they don't want to tax those that earn above 1 million ringgit. Is that they're worried because these people are so rich, right? So they have more avenues to move their funds more mm-hmm. freely. If you, if you check at them too much, they will just correct. They correct. will just move their whole HQ overseas. Correct. Right. Correct. correct. Yeah. So we can <coughs> see this year. Uh, definitely one thing. The the thing that came to my mind was Robin Hood. Uh, and the next thing you can see is that uh, he really focuses much more on, on the on the B forty and the M forty level. Right. Mm. So even when we talk about uh, uh, micro SMEs, right, yeah. uh, and SMEs generally, he is looking at a tax cut for them. But mm. larger corporation didn't really catch out too much. But just from the electric tariff, you know that kind of thing. So it's, I I feel like it's kind of like uh, slowly giving you signs and helping you get used to it. It's kind of like he's trying to, uh, trying to ruffle it a little bit but not too much mm. kind of like you try to poke that that's that water nest, uh. Uh, just poke a little bit first correct, correct. just see whether a bee uh. come out or not uh, mm. like that so it, you can see it's quite obvious it is in this sense mm. uh, a lot of the mm. focus on this area mm. and the other part of the focus that I do notice is in the area of telling you upfront, we are going to tighten the leakages yeah and, this and, one's for sure and why do they do that? I believe so is because number one, they are telling you that uh, we're going to help the people. Number two, by increasing our budget, I also want to tell you upfront, uh, aside from generating more revenue, we are going to focus a lot more in terms of uh, tightening leakages and saving up money. Mm. Yeah, And hopefully they will give us another few billion. Yeah, yes. and, and we can see by his estimation, he actually, uh, there were a few things that happened, right? Uh, firstly, uh, MRT project, it's going to have a saving of another 5 billion estimated mm. from 50 to <clears throat> 45 B. Yeah. So I, I got a feeling many of the contractors are not going to be very happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, depending on how you see it. Lor. If it's about, uh, it's, if it is about uh, what, uh, tightening the leakages, then actually there's no loss for them. Uh. Yeah, that's uh, right. So that's depending right. on how you see it. Yeah. Depending <clears throat> on how we see it. Right. Mm. That, that's for one. Right. Uh, number two, uh, we can see that uh, originally they were saying that they proposed to build an airport in Kulim mm. yeah, to encourage uh, trade, la, you know, the kind of things that people traveling, la, boost economy, la, which which is not a very smart idea. La. Honestly, who on earth goes to Kulim regularly with airport? Mm. Right? You, you only go Penang, right? So mm. what they suggest is instead of that, they're going to get MAHB to actually upgrade Penang Airport and Subang Airport. Mm, more yeah. practical that way. More practical. Instead of building uh, more and, airports. And I'm actually staying not far from Subang Airport. So I believe uh. it's going to greatly benefit my land value, la, hopefully. Mm. Yeah. But you will have more aeroplane and more noisy and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's true. That's, that's true. the drawback. Yeah. La, huh? So from there itself, <clears throat> you kind of save some money as well. Mm. Yeah? The other area is that uh, this time around, also within expectation, they're going to spend a lot of money in Sabah and Sarawak. Mm. Uh, then they are also throwing in 1 billion ringgit to develop uh, villages around the border of Kalimantan. Yes. Uh, I think I think that one is a little bit of a security concern reason also because uh, Jakarta is, oh no, the, 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 new, new capital. the new capital of Indonesia, they are shifting to Kalimantan. That's uh. right. So that, so that area is going to be very vibrant going forward. And because it is so close to Sabah and Sarawak, I think that development is a, a little bit more for the security reason whereby you 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 tighten the border, mm, you mm. build up more developments there. So when people cross, it's more seamless and stuff like that. That's right, that's right. But <coughs> I guess on the other hand, it's also very smart because uh, the development of the place will also latch on the growth on Kalimantan. Correct. Yeah, so Correct. it's kind of like when you open your border in such a way, you develop the border sound mm. and uh, there will be more vibrant activity because you're talking about the capital of a nation moving there. So mm. there definitely is going to be more activities going around and developing those border towns means that there will be spillover. Means people are going to go over to Indonesia to work maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there will be much more economic development making that like the next Johor. Kind Correct. Of it's like JB and Singapore like that. So yeah, that's maybe right. that is their yeah. intention. Maybe yeah. that's their intention. Mm. And then yeah. you're going further inside a bit, then you have a lot of all these developments about building new roads, you know, Pan Borneo Highway have mm. to continue uh, improving the ports over there so that the heavy industries there can use those ports to export goods overseas. So all these are very good initiatives, but um, from the investment standpoint, then um, you can't really see an immediate 
beneficiary that is going to get a lot a lot of jobs like, mm, apart from mm. that one company who is the monopoly in cement in Sarawak <laughs> la, right? because no matter what you build no matter what you develop there you need to use cement one so uh, yeah la. that's right that's <laughs> right yeah uh, sorry, I just need to do that plug because yeah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but having said that as well, right? Uh, this could encourage much more commerce mm. and by developing the ports in Sabah and Sarawak, it makes more sense because you can make your Sabah-Sarawak port uh, also one of the important ports to transport goods into Kalimantan. Yep. Especially if you make inroad, right? Because mm. you have to understand that the whole whole Indonesia is a very uh, island-based nation, right? Mm. Since it being a very island-based nation and most of the things were in Jakarta and now they are saying that Jakarta is sinking, you really have to start moving your population over to Kalimantan. Mm. Then you think about it, Kalimantan is at the back, you know. Mm. It's at the back. It doesn't really make sense uh, for any, any ships, right, to go all the way down, drop their stuff down there and then move all the way up passing, passing uh, uh, Philippines, which is also a dangerous road. Correct. The best way is actually to follow that front way at South China Sea mm. and just drop your goods at maybe uh, Bintulu Port, Bintulu or, Bintulu somewhere, port yeah. or something like that. And yeah. then use train or whatever to transport That's it down. That's right. Yeah. And that is also one of the nearest distance by land travel if from, Bin, I think, Bintulu or near Brunei, the side there, mm. then heading towards uh, 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 Kalimantan. Yeah. yeah, because the neck part is also the neck of the, the dragon or the dog, like you want to call mm. it, right? It's, it's also the thinnest area, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a bit like how China want to, Dai Dai want to build a port in Kuantan and then Dai Dai want to build ECRL connecting Kuantan all the way to Klang because yes. that is the shortest route for them to bypass Singapore to come to this side of the world and then from here, you load up your goods and then from there, you can ship out to the western side. Yep, that's right. Mm. So from there, there is an estimation that, that you can, if they play their cards correctly, uh, it could mean that uh, Kalimantan will be getting stocked from from uh, from from Sabah Sarawak, encouraging mm. trade to happen there, right? Mm. Uh, if the cards are played well, lah, right? But if let's say there's some like, you know, rules that say you cannot get from Malaysia, it's better you get from uh, uh, Jakarta, then, mm. yeah, then then it will become a grey industry where smuggling mm. happens and, well, just like our border towns here, not too much of difference. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, those are a little bit far away, things that we can probably benefit in the future. But right now, I think more importantly is to come back to what we can get this year. That's right. As a citizen, right. what can I get this year, right? This is very important. So what are some of the things that we can get immediately? Let's talk about cash handout first. What, yeah. what are some of the things that we are seeing here? Uh, for me, personally, the most immediate impact would be the M40 tax reduction, no? Mm. The the what are the 2%, right? 2%. Yes, 2% decrease. Yeah, which which will translate to a maximum of 1,300 1, ringgit. 1,300 ringgit. 1,300 ringgit. So at least I can eat a couple more meals in the restaurant uh, this yep, year. Yep. Uh, up to there, uh, up to there. Up to 1,003 de depend on what is my uh, mm. income, uh, right? Mm. I, I thought that was pretty good because if you're talking about 100,000 aggregate income, right, it means that after you minus everything, probably you're earning about 10 to 12,000 a month. Mm. Yeah. Overall, yeah, earning about ten to twelve thousand, you minus everything else, you you kind of come up to about hundred thousand mm, in aggregate correct. income, and so you are you are you are you are playing in the zone where if you are single, having about ten thousand a month, you you are probably quite comfortable lah. If mm. you if you have been prudent lah, yep. right. But if you have not been prudent, I'm so sorry. Even fifty thousand is not enough, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you are family, you are just one side of the family, and usually people file tax separate man. They don't really file as a household, right? Mm. So. As an individual, it means that probably you and your wife uh, or either you and your partner will have about 20,000 in income filing it separately. It still makes you kind of like an M40. Um, it, it's catching up with the urban urban definition of M40. And, and that's what I liked about it. Yeah, because mm. they did not say like, oh, we are going to help uh, the B40. Uh, so the aggregate income below 50K. Matila, those earn yeah, about yeah. 7k and gone case. Correct, correct. Because yeah. you are at the borderline, you see. Correct. Mm. So it's kind of like these border people were, it helped a bit. La. Not a lot. I mean, it's just 1,300. Right? Yeah, 1,300, you can't do much, but at least there is something. But uh, of course, that is not to say that if you earn more than 100,000, then you won't get this benefit because you have to remember when we file tax, it's by tier one. That's right. So it's, it's that up to 100,000, everybody will enjoy that benefit of up to 1,300 ringgit tax reduction. It's only if you earn more than that, ah, then government is starting to come after yep, you. Yep. Ah, so, then they will take it back by increasing the, the tax rate on you. I think it's also by 2%. 
So yeah, right. you save 1,000 tree over there, but if you earn more than 100,000, they will take it back from you from your higher <laughs> income bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <clears throat> yeah, so ultimately, this move actually made them lose money. Lah, mm. Because 80% of the civilization here in Malaysia or population here in Malaysia will get, will, will enjoy get that, that 2%. Correct. But only about <clears throat> 20% is going to enjoy that. Uh, is going to be penalized be, be, with, be that, with that more. tax more, right? Mm. Yeah, that's the idea behind. Uh, but on the other hand, I think one thing was also good. They also take care of the MSM, uh, micro SMEs. Uh, mm. When it comes to SME, if you earn below 150, anything within 150,000, the tax rate is only 15% moving ahead. Yep. Yeah. So uh, when you save up all these added together, if let's say you own a Sandriam Berhad, you pay yourself income mm. uh, in terms of salary and then you also need to declare your profit, you get double tax saving. Mm. Yeah. So it's a pretty good thing in that sense. Now, yep. We definitely hope that it can be more, but but I suppose they don't dare do more unless they got a way to recover from the top. Lah. Because I, I, I felt it's a very, very bold move. Mm. I honestly felt it was a very bold move because mm. at this point when the country don't have enough money, they actually still decide to do that. Correct. Yeah. So they had to make money back from elsewhere. Yeah, some of the things that they're doing is to recoup back the money from one MBDB, which 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 they are still doing. And on and off, you have seen news about, oh, this bank is paying back how many billion, that country is paying mm. back how many billion. Uh, so that that would definitely help because it is not small amount of money. But on top of that, they need to find new sources of revenue in order to cover that record um record expenditure again right, this year. Right. Yeah, but be, before we go into the parts of how they're going to make money from it, right? I think mm. a few things I'll highlight about tax as well uh, is the introduction of vape, nicotine, yes. liquid nicotine tax, and also a luxury good tax. Yeah, which they did not say how they are going to implement the luxury good tax, but he did mention it's going to be by tiering or pricing and, mm. and items and so on. But here's where the, the interesting part is, right? Now, firstly, yes, by taxing people who are going to buy this thing, you're also making it very obvious that if you got money, you buy luxury, then you should be taxed. Lah. So, also very smart. smart. So, instead of taxing you based on income, mm. taxing you based on what you buy. What you buy. Mm. Right? That's very smart. Now, how they're going to implement it will be another question because there's also this thing, right, where usually when people come to Malaysia, sometimes they also shop. Mm, so you're talking about say, foreigners buying luxury goods in Malaysia. Yes, now they also gonna that tax. They also gonna that tax. Yeah. So will it discourage them to spend? So that is actually a question. Yeah. Correct. So it will be seen as um, as though if you buy the same model of Rolex in Malaysia, it's going to be 5% more expensive compared to if you buy it from another country. Uh, but of course, there are other factors also. La. Let's say, for example, if ringgit depreciate until a level whereby it becomes cheap again, <laughs> then yala fair, right? You still can do that. But ultimately, it's still the question of whether foreigners should get tax that 5% because uh, they actually don't get benefits from the government of Malaysia. Yeah. So there are some arguments of whether we should give them a rebate you know, and uh, mm. things like that. Mm. So a caveat <coughs> is not 5%. We are, we are just giving an example. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the yeah, point correct. is that maybe we should waive that for foreigners when they leave the country. Mm. Just like when you go overseas, right? There's that VAT claim counter in, in Europe, yeah. right? Before you leave, mm. right? Then you have to claim it. Yeah. So yeah. maybe uh, you should do that. Easier said than done because all this VAT and all that, right? They are all running the GST system. And for GST system, it is very easy for you to calculate how much I need to give it back to you. But when you do our SST style, is like I straight away slap on a 5% rate there, right? Then when you want to exit the country, uh, in terms of the technicality, it is a little bit more challenging to actually do the rebate. Uh. Well, but, but if you separate the luxury good tax into a whole different category away from SST, then there is a possibility. Ah, correct. Because it's a separate thing correct. altogether. Correct. Right? But if you add it into the SST, then it's going to get very, very complicated. Lah. Yeah, very uh. confusing also. Don't, as a foreigner, okay, I can claim tax for my watch, then everything is SST. Man. Then why when I go restaurant and eat, I cannot claim. Yeah, I know that kind of things. That's right. And and the, the other part that I think is really interesting is the liquid nicotine tax. Mm. Because that part, right? Number one, liquid nicotine is not entirely legal in Malaysia. Mm. Uh, but he also very good, you know, he acknowledged the fact. He said that liquid nicotine vaping is not entirely legal, but there is a 2 billion industry in Malaysia. And actually Malaysia is one of the top... Uh, Vape products vape, exporters, huh? yeah, especially liquid. Uh, and consumers. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's the thing. So uh, when you actually look at that, right, it, it's quite interesting because he's very honest about it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but, by, but by putting in the tax for it, you're also indirectly 
legalizing it. But I guess it's okay because if right now, if we were to make vape illegal, it would make a lot of people lose their income as well mm. because many Malaysians open vape shop. Yep. So you're going to cause a disruption of 2 billion, you know, in GDP, you know, yep. literally, right? So might as well you encourage them to pay tax and then you get tax again. They get income tax. They also get, uh, <coughs> yeah, this one, uh, this vape tax. Now, one thing that makes it really interesting about this part is he said it upfront that the duty excise duty collected for vape products, half of it will be given to, to the health health ministry. Health ministry. All right. That that is mm. a very interesting move and very specific. Yep. Yeah. They tell you exactly where the money is going. Yes. Uh. Which sets the trend for his further uh how say his further policy policies, right? When he actually elaborated more about the budget 223, you will notice this one thing. It is not too different from previous previous uh, budget. Uh, budget. <coughs> but he added here and there some specificity. Mm. Like for example, when he talked about the school, he actually went on to say, okay, we're going to give X amount, X amount, but this amount will be used for buying laptop. Ah. Mm. Very specific one. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, and they tell you this amount of money for how many schools. So you can immediately, you can see, oh, one school is how much. That's right. Uh, last time it's like, oh, uh, 10 billion built school. Uh, mm. Then after that, you don't know what happened. That's right. right. So this time, <laughs> a little bit more, a little bit more uh, uh, specific, uh, not in everything, but I, I would say that out of 10 things, if it can be one or two things a bit more specific, it's, it's quite a feat uh, for such a mm. big budget, right? Yeah. So that part we can see. And uh, he also gave a leeway if let's say you're going to earn more than 100000 and you want to have less tax, uh, there is a way out for you. Oh, what is it? I missed that part. Uh, uh. Which is donate money. Uh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> he set up two things. Uh. Number one, uh, healthcare. Mm. Uh, charitable hospital, if you're going to donate to them, you get 10% of your aggregate income. Mm. Yeah, so very smart, you know. Because we memang facing a problem with money in healthcare. Mm, uh. Not enough money. Correct. So he give you back. And, and it's quite attractive. 10% of aggregate income. Eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's if I earn 1 million, uh, I know I'm going to get taxed a lot already. So I might as well just take 10% of it, which is 100,000, donate it to a hospital. Yeah. Uh, do charity. So that, that's what they're doing. And mm. number two is sports. Sports development at a grassroots level. Mm. Yeah. Again, why sports? Because sports tend to promote unity and they already say they are going to push out a lot of unity agenda via sports. Mm. So it's quite smart in the sense of how they close this loop, in my opinion. Mm. It's more down to earth. Uh. You can feel it. Uh. You can feel this budget. Uh. It's not like last time the, the budget, okay, I want to build Banda Malaysia. I built TRX. I built this building. Yes. Ah, yeah, la, very great. La, right? Malaysia is going to have the tallest building again. But what does it going to do with me? But this time round, the budget is really, you can see that, oh, I can benefit from this this way, this area. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But but one thing that's not so good is the fact that it's not that exciting. Oh. Ah, correct. Uh, it's like, it's like <clears throat> everyone just look at it like, oh, ah, okay. Uh, okay, lo. okay. Uh, over the long term, I will, I will uh. be better. Lo. But today, <laughs> there's nothing for me. <laughs> but I guess in a way, boring is good. La. Boring is boring is always good. Uh, boring <laughs> is, is really good because yeah. it keeps you focused. Mm. Yeah. And, and, so moving on to the next part about it is where he talked about tightening the belts, right? Yep. And this time round, in the budget itself, he quickly announced, I think, three measures. Mm -hmm. One measure is some 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 sort of pengawai something. Uh. After he's going to establish this pengawai kawalan or something like that to, to, to do this, some sort of odd stuff. Lah. But mm -hmm. basically, it's to tighten up the whole procurement process. And finally, it's on the Whistleblower Amendment, mm. Whistleblower Protection Act. Yeah, he's gonna amend that to 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 enhance it so mm. that people can whistleblow. Mm. Oh. So that was something that was uh, mm, pretty It's good. a good initiative, but uh, ultimately, you know, Malaysia's problem is always about execution. So hopefully, this government can execute it properly. Then we are able to see progress from there, lah. Yep, yep. MSCC is a lot more hardworking now. Uh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah they are yeah. a lot of hard now. For sure. You know, if five years down the road change government again, they will also be very hardworking. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, th I, I hope they, they, they will continue to be hardworking. Uh, but good lah, good lah, good lah. It's a very yeah. good thing. Be good neutral. Thing. Be yeah. neutral, you know. Correct. Yeah. So, um, and another part of it is uh, when you actually look at this, there's a lot of tightening. Mm. And uh, just by the tightening alone, you they will likely end up saving about 5 to 10 B. 
Yeah, mm. and last year the revenue, uh, this year's revenue is projected to be two hundred and ninety over mm. uh, billion. Yeah, uh, that's so what there's a five point two percent missing gap over there, lah. Uh, hopefully, yeah. it's uh, not accounted for, and therefore it's gonna add, lah. Mm. Uh, but if let's say they say accounted for, then mm. okay, lah, accounted okay, for. The, the other thing that I I I would like to see in this budget is that you know every year the budget, right? Even though they will tell you that oh, this is a record budget, record budget, but end up half year down the road, right? They will tell you not enough. I need a supplement budget. Oh. Then that will increase another maybe 20-30% of expenses which was not accounted before but because it's already half the year gone so people don't really pay attention. So mm. that is the part whereby people and then some of that time is like 60% controlled by one, one coalition, right? So they can just easily pass it and then, right, and right. then money can go out directly. So what I would really like to see this time around is that hopefully six months down the road the report come up would be that, oh, actually we are on track with our budget. In fact, there are some savings mm. and we are on track to actually hit our our budget deficit that we have set six months ago. Oh, I tell you that one will be respect. Yeah, uh, yeah that'll be good. That'll be good. Mm. Yeah. I think one thing is good that he he actually set out a clear goal this time around. Mm. He said like in 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 by 2025 or something like that, we're going to hit uh, 3.2. 3.2. And, and I thought that was very ambitious. Uh, and usually they... they they don't try to set such a clear goal for you to see. Hmm. Uh, we should expect Manurun, but he, he actually went for it. Uh, very bold, very bold guy. I would I would say he's, uh, this time around, the budget is a very bold budget. Hmm. Why? Because he tells you exactly where we are. Hmm. He tells you that if you want to look at inflation, it's 3.8, uh, but food inflation is 5 point something. Hmm. So he's literally telling you we are in deep, deep trouble. Uh, he didn't yeah. skip that fact, you know? Yeah. And, and that was pretty good. Yeah. Correct, correct. So, so expect your food to be more expensive. In fact, I I have a feeling in March, all our prices went up again. I'm not sure whether you feel it or not. Some shops. Some shops, right? Not yeah. All. Some shops. These few days I go and eat around, oh, I've, I suddenly feel prices increase, but I cannot confirm because usually when I pay is uh, is roughly around that mm. price. One, uh. Right now, it is still roughly around that price, but I feel it has gone up a little bit. I, I think... Some shops tend to increase their price after Chinese New Year every time. Mm. Yeah, and and they just continuously increase after Chinese New Year despite the fact that they increase in January. Mm. Yeah, so it's not all, but some. So um, now, then this leads to the next thing, right? Uh, which is they are trying to encourage targeted subsidies. They are trying to encourage uh, uh, taxation on the richer people, large mm. corporation and so on. But now the question is this. Mm. Yes, you can introduce that. But later when this hits them, right, they will increase their price and it will transfer to Rakyat again. again. Let me just think about it, right? <clears throat> Whether you like it or not, every year all these hawkers are going to increase in price. Mm. Yeah? They, like, like I think it was today or yesterday when we were just at the hawker store, one of the uncles yeah, scolding yeah, yeah. The, the boss. Yeah, scolding the boss. One pack of Milo only increased two ringgit. Now you one cup increased 20 cents. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, right? Yeah, that's true. That, that, that is what you have been saying all the while. Yeah, right? yeah. And, yeah. And when the Milo drop in price, they will never Correct. They will, they will never, never drop come it, it down. Yeah, like like they did, the auntie was telling me, you know, uh, now uh, pop, uh, increase price, you know, that's why uh, I need increase one ringgit for every uh, plate. Yeah. Mm. So I'm like, oh, okay, can. Uh. But I'm thinking myself, right? Later when drop price, I'm, I'm very sure that you're not going to drop back for me, right? Mm. Uh, but <clears> next <throat> round, when increase again, even though increase less than this time round, you're still going to increase the price. Yep. Now, but end of the day, okay, fine. You know, hawkers are hawkers. Mm. That, that's how they do it. But at the end of the day, this is just the truth, right? Because if you're going to tax the rich more, and most of the rich are the ones producing stuff, yeah. so end of the day, uh, again, they will transfer a cost back to people. Mm. So they, I think the next step before they increase the price too much. I think that's the reason why they also didn't go all out taxing the rich. You see? They only increased by a little bit. Correct. Yeah. Because they know they cannot push people to the corner. Correct. Also. Correct. Because hmm. if right now they straight away increase corporate tax, uh, immediately, right? They are going to transfer a cost. But they did not. Hmm. They did not do that. They increased the cost. They, they increased the personal tax rate only. Hmm. Uh, why? Because as a CEO, right? Especially if I'm a big corporate, right? I can't say because my tax rate have to uh, pay more, so I want to increase price, ma. Correct. But if you increase my corporate tax rate, it is a very good reason for me to increase price. Mm. Yeah. 
So only it affects the smaller companies where they are mom and pop store kind of thing. Um, maybe they own a cafe, you know, mm. or something like that. Then yeah, yeah, they may increase it by one or two uh, cents. But it's, um, you know, at least the scale of affecting people is not too mm. big. Now, so the key thing is this. Within this year or next, they need to come up with some sort of a mechanism to stop that from trickling down to people. But very, that will be extremely challenging. Yeah, very hard. Uh. That's what I'm trying to say. It's very hard. Yeah. And yeah. at the moment you implement that, right, it's going to look like your market is not a free market anymore. Again. Correct. It's like everything also you want to control, then what are you doing? You might as well become a communist country, right? And uh, if my prediction is correct, I think another round of price increase is going to happen around June. Why? It's because by June, uh, the Naga National will have to review their electricity tariff. And I'm pretty sure they are going to increase it. Yep, yep, mm. yep. So, uh, so <clears> far, <throat> we are not the ones affected because we are still considered a micro-business. Um, uh, micro smaller, smaller, uh, smaller. Domestic users likely unaffected, especially if you are B40, M40, you don't consume a lot of electricity. That kind. I think I think you are fine. But for con- con- commercial and industry, I think if they want to review the tariff upwards, they should sure now. Mm. Having said that, actually, I'm starting to think that uh, if you can install solar in your house, please do. Ah, yeah, especially yeah. those of you who have a few aircons, you know, because mm. uh, like for my house, I had just a few aircons itself. Every month we are paying about 300 or 400 ringgit mm. a month for electricity, right? Mm. It so, makes sense for you to so, yeah, install. Yeah, so recently you installed uh, solar. You, you want to share with us like, like what's, the, <laughs> what's the rate like? Uh, I'm considering anyone here doing solar, you can contact us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, where was I? Uh? Uh, what what uh. was the, this solar thing? How does it work? Ah, okay. So basically, we we are in NEM 3.0. NEM stands for New Energy something. I cannot remember what is it. But but basically, this is the third version of what uh, YB Yobin did before in the past when she became the minister of what? Uh? Science and technology. Uh, environmental. Uh, environmental. Uh, uh, yes, correct. Uh, uh, environmental, environmental and all that. So if you are the first generation of solar owner, right, that is the best deal that you can get in the world. Because basically you are buying electricity at 20 over cent, but you are able to sell electricity back to Tenaga at 40 over cent, if I'm not mistaken. So for every kilowatt hour that you generate, if you are the first generation contract, which is 21 years, oh, you good, lah, very good for you. Lah. But of course, the drawback during that time is that the installation of solar is expensive. Wait, uh, we, we go back to some basic first. You skip too fast already. I skip so, too, okay. Uh, let's go back to some basic for those of you who do not understand what's this generation of 20 and okay. giving. Right. Uh, so the idea is today when you install a solar panel in your house, uh, your solar panel will generate electricity. And the first part of it will be used by you and the leftover that's not used by you will be sold to uh, the Naga National. This right? is the third version. Uh, this so is this, this the, version. This is the concept. Okay. Uh. So now... The first version, second version, third version is different. But mm. basically, solar, all the way, the concept is you generate electricity from home, enough for your use, and you sell. So, Frankie, you want to go with the explanation of one, two, three, what's the difference? Uh, okay, so I will uh, I will just give you the the two and uh, the middle one is the middle, uh, right? So, the first generation one is you buy electricity from Tenaga, and then whatever you generate from your solar, you sell back to Tenaga. So you are buying at 20 over cent, you sell at 40, 40 mm. over cent. So for every kilowatt hour of this cycle, you are earning money. Sleep also earn money. Sleep also got money. It's so business, so eh? yeah, that's that's how they, they used to sell solar panels those days. But the catch is that because that time solar is not popular yet. Ma. So to install solar is actually very expensive. Now going forward to this third generation, of course... Uh, over the years, technology also improved, cost also got economies of skills and all that. Today, you want to install solar is much more affordable. The government also not stupid one. They know you are installing solar at a much cheaper price. So they are not going to let you enjoy that kind of uh, deal, like, right? Durian Runto kind of deal. So the third version is like what he mentioned, is that whatever energy that you generate from your solar panel, you are going to use first. And then if there's any residual, you pump it back into the grid. You pump it back to Tenaga. Um, yeah, yeah, correct. You pump it back to Tenaga to offset your electricity bill. Mm-mm. One for one. Mm. So let's say, for example, I am typically using 400 kilowatt hour a month and my generation is 200. So I use all 200 already. The remaining 200, I pump it back 
then that remaining 200 is kept as a credit in my Tenaga account mm. to offset whatever energy that I may use in the future. Like mm. Yeah. So mm. how much does it cost for you to install this solar? Okay. So uh, right now... And how much can you make every month? Yeah. Uh, okay. So start I, with the cost first. Cost first. The, the cost... The cost comes out to roughly around 20,000, yeah. depending on your negotiation so skill. So depending on your provider and your negotiation, it's less than 20, lah, put it this way. Yeah. 20, lah, 20. Lah. Uh, 20, lah, okay, 20, lah, okay. 20 yeah. and above. Lah. Ah, okay. 20 and above. Lah. Yeah. If you know how to negotiate in 19, I don't know. Ah, okay. Okay. In terms of generation, uh, for that kind of price, uh, you can save roughly around, they told me, between 260 to 350. Yeah. So if it's really 250, 260 to 350, right? Mm. Uh, and, and this also depends on the size of your roof. Ma. Yeah. Like for me, I have a bigger roof, right? Uh, then you can so install more. I can install more. Yeah. yeah, so it's going to cost more, but every month maybe I can get about like, say, let's just make it at 300 and get. La. So mm. that's 3,600 a year times, uh, so divide by, 20K divides by 3,600. 3, about seven. Seven years? Mm. Yeah, about seven years. Yeah, six, th- seven years. Like six, that, seven like, years. Then you recoup your cost and mm. after that, it's just going to be pure earning. La. Yeah. So yeah. okay. So the just so the reason why I install, despite the long payback period, is number one, I know electricity is only going to be more and more expensive. It's not going to be cheaper and cheaper, and right, that is for sure. So yes, based on today's calculation, the payback period could be seven years, but it may it may be accelerated to let's say between four to five years, mm. because of that tariff increment. That's right. Number two. I have a feeling someone now Tesla is coming to Malaysia, right? Within the next three to five years, electric vehicle is going to be so normal. And at today's price, one charge at home, it's around 50 ringgit, right? Yeah. And yeah. this is based on the lowest tariff. Highest in, tariff. Oh, the highest tariff. Okay, so the highest tariff, if you charge one time full, is about 50 ringgit. If you charge every week, then that will be 200 ringgit. Mm-hmm. Today's price. I already mentioned that by June, Tenaga may review their tariff. <laughs> and every six months, they will review their tariff. So how much would electricity cost going forward and how much do you need to charge your electric car in the future? Yeah. So actually, I installed it today for the future. One. It's so, not for immediate So the immediate point is payback. also at the end of the day, right? Uh, electricity is becoming something that is uh, more and more needed in the world. Energy is mm. becoming more and more needed and uh, we are placed in quite a good position. So I think this solar thing is starting to become something of our interest and my interest as well. Uh, it's good for you at the individual level, definitely. Uh, we're not talking about it as an investment mm. uh, in terms of stock, right? Uh, but one thing for sure is moving on into the same agenda or budget, right? Uh, but before that, yeah, if you know anyone who actually does solar and maybe and contact us and yeah. then we can uh, have a chat. Yeah? yeah, We can see what we can work out as well. Right? Uh, one thing is this. I am very excited for, for a few things when it comes to budget. I think number one is the way that they talked about TVET this time around. Mm. They didn't just say we give money in TVET, develop TVET, but this time around he said it very specifically, we are going to get big corporation and GLC to, to manage TVET and create the program for them so that these people become employable. Now, that is fantastic because you're guaranteeing employment. Yeah, super good. Because if you remember last time how they do it is that, let's say for example, MBPJ say, oh, I intend to build a TVET school. Okay, then you ask for the allocation or you get, let's say for example, 50 million ringgit. You use the 50 million ringgit, you build the TVET school, very nice building, good facilities, no teacher, no students. Mm. Then everything wasted. But this time round, they use the money to motivate companies itself to train the correct people for the industry. That's so right. I think it's a very good initiative. For those of you who are wondering <coughs> what is a TVET, it's actually technical and vocational education and training. Basically, it means a skill set school. Mm. Right? So for those of those people who actually drop out from school, they find that academic is not the path that they want to learn. They want to straight away go into skill-based kind of thing. Right? Mm. They can go to TVET. But in Malaysia, it has been something that like uh, lousy people need to go on uh, mm. like that. Yeah, and then uh, people go there equals to they are not good, you know. But that is not true because there are people who are actually just not interested in, in, in academic, but they know how to fix things. They may be a very good car mechanic. Yeah. Uh, and in Germany, it is very common to yeah. see TVET people. Correct. In fact, they set up something called a, a 
German Malaysian Institute last time here. Mm. It is a kind of like a TVET kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. And <coughs> many of these people were recruited for Intel. Yeah. They were recruited for Intel. And, and it's equivalent to a degree. Diploma. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, diploma. Diploma. It's equivalent to a diploma. And subsequently, you can just uh, may take one year of honors Correct. in some other countries. And then after going on to pursue your master's. But mm. the point is, it is not for stupid people like what many people think but if you handle it well it becomes very 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 good and by the time a fresh grad graduates the TVET fella may have already exceeded his pay mm. because you already have the number of years in working experience yeah and so, you're expert in the field that's right yeah so I, I thought that that was that was really very good on their on 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 this budget that they focus on it mm. uh, they really talk about how to implement rather than just saying, I give you money, right? And and that was something that I, I was truly impressed. Lah. Yeah. Again, no? giving you money and you know exactly where the money is going to. Mm, mm. Mm, mm. Now, um, we should also say about areas that we are not very happy about or like, uh, don't say not happy, but we wish that we could have seen. Uh, is there any areas that you wish you could have seen? Uh, actually, I feel they should have at least one, one signature project, lah, right? To keep, to keep the infrastructure going uh, so that yeah, it can benefit more people in the future because of the multiplier impact. But mm. right now, all we can see is just, yes, we have, but it's more focused on the Sabah Sarawak side. Uh, I think that is intentional because number one, we don't have so much money to spend. Number two is because those areas are really left out far behind. So they want to channel a lot yep. of gunpowder over in that area. That's right. Mm, but then, yellow, you do that, it's good, it's good. I'm not saying that it's bad, but over the years, you will see this side of Malaysia, if you don't do something, it will slowly, slowly deteriorate as well. So I feel you should do a balanced budget, la, not like so extreme until like, mm. wow, Sabah, Sarah, you're all very good. Then <laughs> you got nothing. Mm. But I think, I think <clears throat> the point here is that they are, they are trying to uh, help the community that's most in need. And mm. uh, we what we what we definitely know is this budget is a yearly affair, right? It's not like it's going to be a five years, the same thing. So uh, at this point right now, many M40 can still take care of themselves, but really the B40s that are affected are in terrible state. And and therefore, uh, even the, the, the kind of more structural implementation we can see are actually targeted towards more more vulnerable groups, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in, like dropouts, you know, uh, people were gonna go to TVET. Not not to say they're not good, it's just that generally they are less given attention on, right? Mm. Yeah. So there are more initiatives like that. And then as for M40, it is more of a f- open implementation. Kind of like, okay, there's there's gonna be SJ, SJKP, you know, uh, the the credit, uh Jaminan credit kind of thing. Uh there's like micro loan schemes, you know, and stuff like mm. that. Uh, reducing your tax a bit and then uh giving you training as usual, as usual. Mm. Yeah. So you should be able to go and take advantage of that. And then hopefully by next year things will become better. Now for me, there are certain areas that I'm that I wish they could have done, mm-hmm. uh, namely in the area of education. Yeah. Okay, right. So uh, definitely for me, uh, we have gone over this subject again and again. I, I think Malaysia is really getting far behind in terms of education. Mm. We are not just talking about the vulnerable groups who dropped out of school during COVID time. We are also talking about the quality of syllabus. The quality of syllabus and the quality of teachers in Malaysia is, is suffering. And mm. I feel like there should be a, like, you know, allocated in such a way where you you know give it a very direct direct uh direction uh, a very clear direction that okay we should allocate a certain amount of budget to retrain teachers mm. yeah i think that's more important than uh just talking about digitization or or giving out laptops i think there should be something like that but nonetheless that could also be something that's already going on within mm. ministry mm. uh it's just not mentioned in the budget correct so, maybe maybe that's the case but i feel the problem with malaysia education right now is so it's not so much about the syllabus because think about it right spm is oh no stpm is the world's most difficult exam right mm. so in terms of syllabus we all very king chow already but i think we have we have problem in terms of how to transfer knowledge to the student. We don't have a, we don't have a skill in doing that. 
So it ended up whereby students are faced with the world's most difficult exam and then the teachers don't know how to teach. But there's only a fraction of people taking STPM. SPM is also not easy. Uh, no, SPM is quite okay. Is it? It's not the hardest exam. Oh. Only STP is. Oh, okay, okay. But there's only like this that amount of people taking are. STP. Okay, fair. Yeah, most fair. of people are in the metrics. Mm. Yeah, but you're right in terms of like Transfer teachers of training. Teachers training. Mm. I mean, unlike those days during our parents' days, right? Mm. Teachers were highly trained. They were sent to US. They were no UK. UK, correct. Yeah, they 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 were they were from prestigious colleges mm. and the and the teachers who trained them were prestigious. But as as I was saying again and again, you know, back then when I go to UPM, right, I went to talk to my friends who go to um who go to their tassel. Uh, they are, they are, they are, their future teacher, they are sponsored under mm. Sultan Idris, lah, you know, that kind of like teacher's mm. college, right? And then mm. they actually study in UPM, right? Do you know that they don't even know how to speak English? Uh, uh, the one that I heard before is uh, seven push two is five. <laughs> <laughs> because Tujo tolak to what? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's so bad because it's, it's not that they are, they are, they are bad or what. It's, mm. it's just... You know, pick better people to be teachers and give them better training. I, I mm. think that should be a very, very important agenda, especially in primary. Mm. Yeah, But you can see uh, to a certain extent, maybe they're going to focus more towards university because they're going to be the immediate next bunch of people contributing to the nation and eligible to vote. Yeah, So it could be a much better place to start playing mm. with. But my argument also is that if you want to train people from university onwards, it could be a little bit too late. Lah. Mm. So I still think that there should be some sort of a stronger stronger direction and clearer allocation for education. Mm. Yeah, but and I hope, I hope it is actually already allocated and done, but just not shouted out during budget. Lah. To be fair, this is their first budget out of the five years tenure, lah, right? It yeah. is still early to say that they are not going to do things to improve the areas that we mentioned just now. Maybe now is to quickly plug the hole first, all those leakages, right, right. you count them first, you make sure yes. that everything is, is correct and then subsequently you come up with new strategies to drive the country forward. So from, from that perspective, I'm actually quite look forward to our subsequent budget. Yep. Yeah, yep. maybe... Yep end of this year, next year, and the year after. Yes. But let's say, for example, year four, year five, the budget is still like that. Uh, I tell you, mm, mm -hmm. I'm, I may not. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, for, <coughs> for me, actually, when I look at this budget, la, one of my first thoughts immediately is that uh, I can totally understand it from the point of view as a, as a leader of a company mm. or running a company. The reason being is because you, you can see that he's trying to do something, um, but he's trying to do it very tactically and very smartly because there are comments out there that actually say, hey, you know, you implement this kind of stuff. Uh, it's, you reduce a bit of tax, not exactly helpful. You're not increasing. You should be doing this, should be doing this. Yes, yes, a lot of these things should be doing, but at the moment you do it too fast, you're going to ruffle a lot of feathers. Mm. You're going to make a lot of people very unhappy and you don't know how to manage it, especially when your government right now is not exactly... Uh, the government previously is a, is a unity government. is a whole new collaboration, right? Uh, you need to get the buy-ins. You need to get people in your team to be convinced. And therefore, you want to place your bets tactically and make changes in a progressive manner, not one shot, bam! In fact, that was what they did and they ruffled too much of feather and mm, they got yala. kicked out. Yala, correct. <laughs> correct. So, in that sense, I felt that this particular budget is, is a smart one. But like you say, mm. It is just the beginning. Mm. It needs to progress. So every year, there should be a progressive uh, improvement to it. And, and for that, I, I definitely salute our Prime Minister for being able to pull it out in this way mm. yeah, and doing it that in, in such a manner. Mm. Yeah. Any, any last thoughts about budget before we uh, go into a time of Q&A? Yeah, so overall, I feel this budget is okay and ultimately, it still comes down to execution, right? Uh, yeah, when they say they really want to build this number of schools with this amount of money, they really going to say that this TVAT money is going to go to companies and companies are supposed to train people. Now, the thing about this is that the government may execute it nicely. But let's say, for example, the TVET program, you give money to the companies and they are supposed to train the people. What if their syllabus is not on par with what the industry needs? That is another problem that, that nobody still see yet, you know. 
Yeah, because right. they are they are they are coming up with the assumption that oh, since you're in the industry, you must be very good. So you train. Yeah, yeah. But what if I don't have the intention to train, eh? mm. right? Uh, but nonetheless, it's still the best bet. Correct, it is the best bet. It's still the best bet. Better than building a school and then got correct. no teacher, no student. That's right, that's right. right. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> on that end, I think it's still a very good bet. Mm. Uh, and uh, lastly, I definitely did hope that he will talk more about industrialization, mm. how to actually bring in higher tech, uh, value, how to create much better, higher salary employment, that kind of stuff. Uh, but he did say that it is not something that he doesn't want to touch about, but he does have some plan uh, that will be announced in the third quarter of the year or something like that. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to hear mm. what is it. Uh, but at the meantime, we can see... Uh, uh, YB, YB Tengku Zafrol has been posting up uh, which are the oh, companies yeah. that are confirming coming in, which yeah, yeah, yeah. truly drives uh, quite a lot of excitement. Mm. Namely, number one, Tesla mm. will be setting up office here, setting up office here and bringing in uh, cars and setting yeah. up their, their whole charging charging uh, facilities, right? Correct. So that itself is something really, really interesting and exciting. Mm. Uh, and it means that it's also going to be ch- way cheaper than parallel imports. Uh, the AP ones. Mm. So it means that Tesla could be something that I'll be seeing you guys driving soon. Yeah. And moreover, export of Tesla to other parts of Southeast Asia. Yeah. It's all going to be made in Malaysia. Wow. That's, the, that's, the, that's the part that... that, that right. like, wow. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. We, were, we, were so, we were so like down like, ah, yeah, you know, Indonesia may probably get it. They have more resources than us. You know, their, their president is so much more aggressive. Oui? Malaysia got it more. Oh, I think uh. I think our 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 dose related share is gonna mm. go up, man. Uh, and also, government has been actually giving up, uh, uh, giving quite some incentive for EVs, uh. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those of you uh, who are mm. thinking about getting an EV, uh, probably is a good time. Uh, so for those of you who actually uh watch some of our stuff and follow our Instagram, uh, you know that I sold my car recently, right? Yeah. So I'm actually pretty excited. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you bought your car, thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but okay, okay, uh, okay. So anyway, another one more is that Amazon Web Services is coming mm. in, so we can see that uh server uh is gonna be yeah yeah. These are all in line with what the government really wants to do. Yes. So uh, those those few things that are coming really really makes the economy very exciting. Yep yep. So now the question is. Will we have enough talent? Yeah. Yeah. Will we have another enough mm. talent? And they definitely need to improve the education. If not, this is gonna be a problem la, later. Mm. Yeah. If not, then we are just gonna be full of expat in our nation, you know. Mm. So uh, I think education will be a very important agenda that they need to work on uh in next year at least, right? And immediately if can, right? So yeah, that's about it, man. Any any last words? No, I think we can open up the floor for some Q and A's. Yeah, that's right. Anyone here buying Tesla? If you are gonna be buying a Tesla, write Tesla for us. Yeah. Hey, apparently, the workmanship of Tesla is quite a bad one, you know. Oh, um, it's quite a bad one. Uh, but do you know that Tesla has the most highest margin of all cars? Maybe because the workmanship is bad, so the margin is yeah, good. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> la, but the yeah. point is that out of all cars, right, mm. their margin is a they they yeah. earn they earn triple the amount of of other cars, you know? Mm. Yeah. So like Toyota Ren all cannot beat them. Mm. Super high margin. That's that's also one of their 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 mode, actually, if you look at it this correct, way. Correct, correct. Yeah. Power la power. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we can go into the stock part. It's gonna get more exciting because Correct. <laughs> 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 okay, let's stick to yeah. this topic today. All right, so let us go into some questions. Uh, anyone got any question? Uh, please uh, write it down in the comment, and we will try our very best to answer them. Mm. Yep. Very high margin means we pay more for lower price product. Yes, you are right. Uh, but that's the power of a brand, lah. Mm. Uh, just like your iPhone. Uh, your iPhone has sixty, almost sixty-eight percent. Margin, margin, yeah, compared to uh, Samsung, who is the second best margin is. Yeah. I think one third of it also. Mm. Mm. So yeah, actually people who buy Apple stuff are, are purely buying for the brand. I'll put it this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which companies will benefit from Tesla here? Well, we definitely won't be able to name any company per se. Uh, it will be against the rule. But look at, 
look at the the the, the supply chain and yes. look for Malaysian companies that are involved in that yes, supply chain. Yes, yes, that will yes. give you a hint of uh, who may benefit. That's right. That's right. So. Uh, take a look at those companies. Uh, but I think what am I more excited about is that for those of you who do not know, Malaysia does have quite many uh, charging facilities manufacturer. Mm. Mm. And I'm looking forward to see if any of them want to get listed. Yeah, the Nugget already starting their own charging station on uh, North South Highway. Already. If it gets big enough and they spin off this thing to become a standalone listed company, that's also one catalyst for the Nugget. Mm, mm, mm. mm. Yes. Um, one question here by the world of Gangnam the hike in price for our food is it because there's disturbance in the supply chain or is it because raw material price is going up again uh, it's more of everything eh? honestly for me right now I personally think la, I personally think la, they're just finding whatever reason to increase the price la. yeah as a producer of the raw material yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Honestly, I think just whatever opportunity I can just increase the price lah, because you don't know what's happening tomorrow. So food mm. prices standard as it trickles down to the hawker level is the same thing. Mm. They will forever feel that I'm not earning enough. That's why when you talk to hawkers, they will always tell you, you think I earn a lot. Lah. And yeah, in a way when you calculate, he's probably earning about 30k a month to 40k a month. But then he'll tell you this thing. You think I stand there from morning to night, sweating everything, I got no time to go home, da 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 da, da. Just like everyone values their work, no? Mm. Uh, it, it's going to be like that, no? Yeah, so can't complain. You know, willing buyer, willing seller. Mm. Mm. My personal thought is, if you can control commodity price, that would be the best already. Because mm. just like if you go Japan or whatnot, right? Food, eating, you see in overseas, eating outside is expensive. Mm. Eating at home is cheap. Malaysia, on the other hand, eating outside and at home is the same price. Mm. Sometimes cheaper. Sometimes even cheaper eating outside, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense. So it has to be in a way where you control the commodities so that you can like buy fresh food for cheap. Then those who have no money eat out can just cook at home. Mm. That, that, that should be the way it is. But at this point right now, is you, you buy food cook at home also more expensive sometimes. So yeah. <sighs> yeah. So that's that's the problem. Hmm. Justina asks, how do we know which company does Tesla award the contract to? Uh, so we'll know. Uh, because they won't tell you because uh, if they tell, then you may you may send a spy to their company, learn their technology, and then you copy it. So a lot of all these big companies, they won't they won't review their name one. Yes. Right? So they, they won't re- review. But what you can do is that, let's say, for example, Tesla. What does Tesla need? Battery. Where does the battery come from? BYD. Uh, what does BYD need? Aluminium. Aluminium comes from where? Maybe press metal? Uh, press, where is press metal? Sarawak. And why are they good? Electricity cheap. Uh, eh? You link la, you link yourself, la, right? But, but uh, that's just a yeah, pseudo that, example. Yeah, this is just a pseudo example. Press metal is a, correct, correct, correct. Yeah. So yeah, so something like that. This is how you try to link the story together. Mm. Uh, someone gave a comment here <coughs> saying that we EV in, we need not worry about road tax anymore, but I think I, it will be a slow transition. Uh, yes, I think EV will be a slow transition, but if let's say Tesla were to set up their factory here and they do see a great chance is growing this into a big thing, I think the transition will go a lot more faster. Mm. Uh, I personally think that in five years to six years, we will see a full transition. That's why right now, honestly, buying a car is you are in this very limbo position because Correct. do you want to buy electric or do you want to buy mm. combustible engine? Because mm. you are in five years' time, it's going to be a lot of people driving electric. Mm. Then your car is just nice five years. You just finish paying right. for it. Then you're like, you need to change car again. So you're in this very limboish position yeah. uh, that like Correct. to buy or not to buy. Correct. That's why yeah. tax-free, whatever free also, I'm not buying a car, man. Yeah, so it's <laughs> just like, I don't know. You, you want to wait for like the next three years, uh, maybe mm. or two years like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you optimistic about the Malaysian market in the recent years of finance, service, entertainment, tourism? Which industry do you look forward to? Okay, I think both of us can answer this question. Yeah. yeah? yeah, yeah. Uh, firstly, which is, what are your thoughts? Are you optimistic about Malaysia's market? Uh, there are pockets of growth, definitely. And uh, I think you have pointed out some of the growth area here. Finance, uh, because increasing interest rate environment, finance, of course, they will, uh, they will be good. Uh, tourism, for obvious reasons, China people are all coming out and uh, they, they always like to come to Singapore, Thailand, Malaysia. This 
this route. So, um, and we are already seeing that in uh, Malaysian airports numbers already. And I think that's just the beginning. It will continue to grow. So therefore, all these uh, related businesses is going to boom in the next couple of years. Mm. Yeah. So uh, personally for me, am I optimistic about Malaysian market? Uh, in terms of Malaysian business, I am quite optimistic. Yeah, actually, uh, with all these industries coming in, you know, and higher tech stuff coming in, I, I think Malaysia is in a good place. Mm. Uh, that, that's my personal belief, right? Uh, we do feel that it's a bad place, but that's a global bad place. Everywhere in the world is suffering the same fate. So it's not like we are especially bad, you know? Yeah, so it's, it's pretty good. As long as our government is going to be continuously stable, I, I think that we are in a very, very good place, in fact. Now, in terms of where the market go up, uh, I very have to answer you, la. I'm not, mm. I, I can't predict on that, right? Uh, yeah. But naturally, with stability, it comes with flow of uh, foreign funds. That, that's what we can say, right? Uh, so fundamentally, I'm pretty happy. Now, in terms of what industry that I'm looking forward to, uh, for me, no specific where the money is then follow. La. <laughs> mm. yeah. uh, you're, you're not in love with any industry. In fact, um, I think one of the things that we do is that we categorize sectors, right? And we observe the market based on sectors so mm. that we know how to tell a story from there. We know how to see a trend from there. Yeah, and then you can decide like uh, how to actually strategize your portfolio. And mm. hopefully uh, this year we'll be able to finish our syllabus. Yes, yeah. correct. We are actually working on on a, on a syllabus structure which which exactly based on what, what uh, Peter just shared just now. So uh, hopefully we'll get it done as soon as we could, then we can share it with you guys. Yep, so just an easy, simple idea is that uh, basically after some long discussion, we thought we want to revive some of our education projects. And, mm. uh, and this time around, we got a little bit ambitious and we are going to bring in how people train investment banking people mm. in the industry yeah. kind of syllabus. Ho 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 hopefully, it can bring you guys some value and after you go through it, you can link the story like just now that Tesla story like that. Tesla mm. need battery, battery, BYD, da, 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 go down all the value chain. Then you can see a very clear picture of how you want to uh, place your portfolio. Mm. So, uh, that's about it. Uh, yeah. But next question here will be... <laughs> Are we glad that GST is not not uh, reintroduced? Uh, personally, I guess I am. Yeah, mm -hmm. because I think if GST were to be introduced, there yeah, would be right, another, another round, round of, of price increase, price increase. right? Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, we got the opportunity to hear both sides of the stories. You know, if you watch our uh, interview with Tony Paul, you heard one side of the story. We had the opportunity to, to hear the other side as well. So yes, there are pros and cons on both sides. So ultimately, is it still comes back to how we execute it so that as a business, you don't take advantage to say that because you introduced GST, I want to increase my price. There needs to be a lot of education to say that actually, no, you are only being charged on the value added and therefore it shouldn't burden you as a business. It won't eat into your margin. Until we can get to that, right? I think then only we can introduce GST in Malaysia. That's right. That's mm. right. Yeah. I think now the focus still should be on increasing people's income. All right. Yeah. And uh, arranging the, uh, creating a stronger strategy and direction for Malaysian industry. Mm. Yeah. Once you're done with that, got money, the only you talk about tax. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. All right. So, uh, one more question here by Super Mario. After this, do you all have any other plans and special programs this year? Like interviewing the bosses of some successful SME political figure. Okay. And where does the channel want to be in the future? I think first, and first question is, uh, do we have any special plan? I think every year is very special for us. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, every year, year we have uh, interesting projects going on. Mm. Um, okay, in terms of interviewing, uh, I think we just did one recently with uh, Alliance Bank and Next Up Asia, uh, mm -hmm. where we interviewed quite some successful. Yeah, at our Beast Gear Up event that happened uh, yes. last week. Yes, and and anyone here actually were there at our Beast Gear Up event where we had that um, entrepreneurs uh, meetup kind of thing conference. Uh, if you if you were there, just write one for us. Uh, I we it was covered in Vulcan Post as well. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people were, were we received good feedback lah. Put it this way. Mm. So this year coming this year, we are thinking of uh, doing more more networking event as well. Mm. Uh, maybe we may do a monthly networking kind of thing with 
maybe just 50 people every yeah, time come to our office, come you know, to our office or place more yeah. casual fireside chat you know uh, or maybe a personal finance kind of meet up on the yeah. month so I think this year will be a year where we want to meet with you guys more face to face you know if you guys like the idea just write two for us in yeah, the comment yeah. three years now see people already that's right <laughs> suddenly that's right. we are very excited to see everyone mm, yes uh then the next thing is uh, where does this channel want to be in the future? I have to say that uh, grow law, yeah, that would be the easy and short answer. Mm. Uh, I can't and give to you too grow, much of detail. And to grow, we need your support. So yeah. That's right. That's right. Continue yeah. to watch our video. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone suggested that you should be doing your farm fresh videos in uh, Chinese. Yeah. Okay, okay. Actually, actually, maybe I consider. Chinese. <laughs> okay, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try. Okay. Yeah, point yeah. noted. Point noted. Yes, yes. So yeah, maybe you can, maybe you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Justina uh, asked, is it gonna be a KL? Yes, it's gonna be in uh, either KL or PJ area. Let's see how it goes. Uh nice to see some property content. Yes, we are still trying to find a sweet spot in property content because uh uh, definitely I can't do property content like Sean uh, which Yi Heng uh, it's a very different style he's an architect I'm not uh, number two is getting keys to access into properties uh, mm. unlike uh, unlike him he already has his network to access uh, we don't really have in fact our last video we actually had to ask Masing hey can I just pin jump your key and go to your place mm. it wasn't even paid you know we just go there so that they give us the key mm. And, and willing to show us more things and let us shoot properly. I mean, I can churi churi shoot live if I really want, but but no lah. It's I, I don't really want to do that as well, right? Mm. So uh, that's for one. Uh, but yeah, now we are talking a little bit to other property developers, see whether we can get uh, get the key. Again, please note our channel, we are finance. So sometimes property people don't really see us as too valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's not like they, the dying one to give us their key. Mm. So, but yeah, we are, we are definitely thinking about doing more of uh, some property stuff lah, just to talk about it and so on. Mm. Yep. Um, lastly, yes, they suggested Chinese version. Oh, only two, but only got few people say we should do more networking. Mm. Yeah, so we do for Justina and uh, David and okay lah you guys will be the yeah, first people to first three any lah just kidding just kidding <laughs> we will open up to everyone so everyone can come that's right yeah what about <clears throat> crypto content uh, definitely yes crypto is always part of the thing uh, but fortunately unfortunately crypto is something that um, at this point now is not too trending mm -hmm. not too trending yeah so we don't talk about it too much uh but yeah, maybe you should. Yeah. Maybe you should. Because actually, we are still very active in crypto personally. Yeah, we are, we are very <laughs> active in crypto actually. Yeah, we are very more, active. more active than stock actually. Yeah, sometimes even more <laughs> active than stock. You're right. Mm. Yeah. So actually, we are, we, are, we are actually very active in it. It's just that we we don't really talk about it too much yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So uh, AI content. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we may be doing some stuff here and there. Uh, lately, also we are getting a lot of people coming to us asking for, uh, asking us to give advice on business. Uh, well, let's see. Yeah, a lot of questions, a lot of things happening. Uh, but, but yeah lah, I mm. all I can say is I don't think we'll grow without you guys. Uh, giving us the opportunity, uh, giving us your ear, your eyeballs. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank guys. you so much for that. Yeah. So. Anything, last words that you want to say? No, um, apart from being very, very thankful to you guys and I hope to um, continue to make good content. Yes, Chinese version, not taken. Uh, I will see how I can do that. But uh, thank you so much for, uh, for your support. All right. Thank you very much, guys. See you. Have a good night. All right. Good night. Good night.